You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. You can have this world, but give me Jesus. That's what the Father did, right? He gave us Jesus. Amen? Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Huh? Are you thankful for Jesus? Huh? Amen. Well, I have more of a teaching than a preaching for you tonight. Um, it's just been on my heart something that, that Jesus said. He said that you must know the Father in order to know me. So my, my teaching is hopefully that we will learn of the Father tonight just as well as knowing the Son. That we will grow closer and understand their unified position as one. And that he wants us to be one with them. Amen. So I'm going to, I didn't give this to the media, so you should bring your Bible on Sunday nights, all right? So John chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, Jesus said unto, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It will change your destiny. Coming to Jesus will change your life. It will change your destiny. But the next verse, he said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. And that's what I hope to bring out to light tonight. I hope that we will see the Father through the scripture. And I might be preaching more scripture than preaching anything else tonight. So stay with me. Recognize your value is the title. He didn't create you to be a nobody, but a somebody united with Christ to come to know him and to glorify him but he's got a great plan for your life. Amen? In 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10, he says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord God. Father, everything that you've given me, Lord, I've written it on paper so I wouldn't forget anything. But I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to step out and to step through me, Lord God, that I wouldn't even be up here, that it would just be you speaking to your people tonight, Lord God, that they would hear your voice, Lord God, and grow in your word tonight, Lord God. Father, I ask your blessing in the name of Jesus, and amen. So we're going to break down uh, verse 9 for us real quick, and then we'll get to verse 10 at the end of this. Listen, you're chosen, selected. And, and I know that I've ministered on, on this before, but it, it's in a different light that he shed to me this time, that he brought forth. Listen, you, you've been selected. You're, you're his favorite. I don't know what you walked through. I don't know where you come from. I know where I came from. And I can only tell you that I know that I know that I am saved. I don't know about you, but you have to know that you know that you know that you're saved. India can't pray you into heaven. Rosie can't pray you into heaven. Whenever she goes, she can't grab you by the hand and lead you into heaven. You have to know that you are saved. You have to know that you are redeemed. You need to know that you are chosen by God for a specific person, purpose. He picked you out. You're one of his favorite. There's still some terrors that are out there that he's waiting. He's messing with their hearts. He's, he's trying to bring them in. But just like me, I walked out the door. 
but then he knocked and I answered, right? There's many out there. The Israelites were chosen. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he'd sworn unto your fathers, has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Man, I tell you, it's because he loves you that he brought you out of the bondman. It's because he loved me that he brought me out of the sin. It's because he loved Andy Serene that he knocked at his heart, a weeping grown man and falling into pastor's arms. It's because he loved him. His heart was tender. His heart was right. The Lord knows so much about us, so much about us. He lets us go through dumb things in life because we made the wrong choices. If we made the right choices, we would have walked with him all of our days. But somewhere down the line, we made a foolish choice. The Father loves you. He didn't draw them out because they were the greatest in number. They were the fewest of all the tribes. It's because of the oath that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the oath that he made to my father. I, I, I can't imagine how many nights that my father sat there at the dining room table. He'd get out his peanut butter and, and that spoon, and he'd eat it, and, and he'd just eat away. But after that, I'm sure that he started praying. I've seen him on the porch countless times just praying, Rusty, for me. He never witnessed my salvation. Your generations before you, your grandparents, your parents, great-grandparents praying for you, praying for salvation. He honored the oath that he made with them. Luke 23 and 35, Jesus being crucified and the people stood behold, beholding and the rulers also with them derided. I mean, they turned up their noses and they were mocking him, saying he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen one, even they knew he was the chosen one, but they're mocking him saying, if this is the chosen one, bring yourself down out there, save yourself. You've saved everybody else. You said your sins are forgiven you be healed. And they woke up, they were healed. They walk out, raise up, take their bed and walk. Christ is the chosen one by no other name. Can you be saved by other, no other knee? Can you confess your sins? There's no other one that took the cross but the Lord Jesus. Born of a virgin named Mary. She was chosen. Can you imagine that little girl, scared, out of her mind? But she said, Father, if it be your will. The carpenter, Father, Joseph, can you imagine? Chosen one. You gotta raise my son. What do you mean, your son? How's this even possible? But he was chosen for those specific times. Then Christ Jesus chose his 12 disciples, none of them with the same mannerism. Fisherman, tax collector. In Acts, we learn that they were ignorant men, but God chose them for his purpose. We know Peter was the first to speak, usually out of his mouth. Hey, if it be you, Lord, tell me to walk on this water. And as he started walking, George, he lost sight of who God was but he was still chosen. And Jesus still reached down and said, I've still chosen you. I still want you to follow me. I still want your purpose and plan for your life to be fulfilled through me. He still had him right there in the palm of his hand. We know James and John, the sons of thunder. Hey, let's just call down a wrath of fire upon these people. They, they don't respect you. They don't love you. No, that's not Jesus' plan, but he still called these people. He called Philip, 
who did a great work in the book of Acts, the Ethiopians riding on chariot. And the spirit drew him and said, go talk to him. He's reading the book of Isaiah. And he explains the, the prophecy, and he, he winds up leading to salvation, and he winds up baptizing him. Jesus called these people just as he called you and I. John the beloved, Judas the traitor, everyone different, but still everyone chosen for a kingdom purpose. You're different than me. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm different from you. But say, I'm still chosen. He tells us in John 15 and 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. He chose you and ordained you in Ephesians 2 and 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. You're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer journeying through this, through this land with your head down and you can't see what's going on. Your head is raised up. The light of the gospel is shining out of your heart. You're ready to go because God has changed you, your fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Man, think about that. When people come into your household, how do you treat them? God the Father is saying that, that you are a citizen with the saints and of the household of God. Man, you walk in, you treat most people like royalty, George. What can I get you to drink? Everything that, that you have is at, is at their availability. Right? That's the father. Everything that, that he has is at your availability. You became a citizen. And you walked into his house and he said, here you go. Here you go, Cindy. This is available for you. But it's up to us to desire to be used by him. Jesus, the chosen one, his agenda was and still is to seek and save those which were lost. You were picked. You were chosen from the larger group of people that are lost. Why? For God's special service for his privileges, for his kingdom purpose. You were picked for his workmanship in Ephesians 2.10. Created in Christ Jesus, under good works, God, which God has before ordained that we should walk on them. Walk in them. What good works? What has he called you to do? I don't know what he's called you to do. I know what he called me to do. And, and I'm in that position now. I, I would give calls from Pastor Robert. Hey, can you go visit this person that, before they go in to have heart surgery at 5 a.m.? Yes. Hey, this person is, is at Ruby. Could you stop by after work? Yes. That was my good work. That's what God called me to do. What about you? Are you stepping forward? As Pastor said today, we got to get beyond our salvation and start stepping into our servanthood of what God has called us to do. Funeral dinner team. Hey, Pastor, I believe that 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 we should have a funeral dinner team. And she stepped into her good work and what it is. Many people come to us with, with plans and ideas. That's your good work. That's not mine, but I'll help you get and fulfill. I'll help you the best I can, but I'm not God. He opened up and said, you're of the household of God for your good work. He's opened it up, the kingdom. He chose you. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. He saved us. He cleansed us. He made all things new, and he made it readily available for you. Too often we think too much. Our carnal mind gets in the way. When we're going through something, how are we going to make this happen? Our, our finances are running low, and we, we got a bill that's due, and we don't know where the money's going to come from. How are we going to pay this thing? But then it's paid. What do you mean somebody paid it? It's a God thing. It was, their, it was their good work to pay your bill. 
That's the God manifestation. That's what he does. Because somebody was obedient to their, to their calling because they, he chose them because they were financially blessed by him. They were responsible enough with blessings of finances that they were able to pay somebody's bill. That's how God manifests. That's how he works. There's no other way that it can happen. But God has availability for you. But with God, all things are possible. We have to renew our mind in the word to walk in victory. If we don't renew ourselves in the word, we're never going to walk in victory. We're going to walk with a struggle that the devil puts upon us because we start saying, man, he's really after me today. Too many times people are like, man, he's put so much on me. Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm struggling. Why don't you start saying, Jesus healed me? Why don't you start saying, Jesus saved me? Jesus redeemed me? Jesus is going to help me pay my bills, whatever it is, instead of giving the devil so much credit. Huh? Why don't we look the other way? Romans 8 and 32, he that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. What did he do? He didn't spare his son. He gave him for us, all of us. How shall we not with him also, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Again, he's making it readily available as a chosen vessel. Think about the, the 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan. I mean, you've wandered around. You've grown up from a kid. Daddy, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? You're finally one of the adults. And they're like, we're tired of traveling. We're going to send 12 spies into this land. And we're going to, we're going to go in there. We're going to claim this victory. And the 12 come out, and Joshua and Caleb, they're smiling from ear to ear. Man, there's grapes the size of our heads. They're, sure, the, the giants are in there. The land's preserved by great men of strength. And the other 10 are going, there's no way that we can take this land. There's no way. But he says, I'll freely give you all things. But you have to have the unction to go and possess the land. you got to want to be a giant slayer. You got to want to step out in faith every now and then, Nancy, and say, I know that I'm going to get through this. I know that I'm going to, I know that I'm going to receive something because I, I, and I, I know that God's got me. You got to step out, Lynn. You just got to be able to know that you know that you know that God has it. Amen. 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 You're a royal priesthood. Man, when I think about it's, he didn't just say, you're a priest. He says, you're a royal priest. Man, you think about the prodigal who came home. And he stuck his best robe upon his son, welcoming him home. And then he stuck his ring upon his finger, that signet to show that he belonged to royalty, that he was part of the family. Father, just make me a servant. Just, just put me out there with the servants in the field. And he said, no, you're my son. You're my son. I'm ushering you back in because you're my son. Listen, you were born of God. He created you. You're his son. You're his daughter. You are a royal priest. Man, you have privileges. Man, when you think about that royal priest, you think about him just stepping out in the finest of jewelry, the finest of clothes, walking to wherever they got to be, people opening up doors for them left and right. That's exactly what God will do for you. He'll open up doors that you can't open. And you'll step through things that you're like, I don't know how it happened. But you better turn around and say, thank you, Lord, for making this happen. Because he's the one who's opening the doors for you. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Exodus 19 and 6. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests 
Man, a kingdom of priests. He's looking for kingdoms of priests, not just one priest. He said, you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. As a royal priest, we've got to remain in the vine. When we remain in the vine, the vine remains in us. And Jesus calls himself the true vine in, 15, in John 15 and 1. I am the true vine. Now catch this. And my father is the husband man. How many times you read over that? Who knows what a husband man is? Keeper of fruit. Keeper of fruit. He's the farmer. He's the one that cultivates the ground. He's the one that's going to open up the doors. He's the one that's going to open up the fruits and allow it to just flourish because of your faithfulness to Christ. He's the husband man. Jesus is the true vine. The Father. Man, whenever we used to, my, we were dirt poor. You know, I, I, I've seen people with, with, with seed sowers where you just click a button and three or four seeds drop into the ground. That wasn't me growing up. We hold that thing, we hold that thing, and we hold it out, and then you had a bag of seeds, and you would drop three, and you need to make sure that they were in certain spots, you drop three. Listen, my, my, my father gave me something that clicks a little bit better. Now I ain't got to bend over and break my back. You hear what I'm saying? My father in heaven has blessed me with something a little bit greater. Huh? Amen. He's the husband, man. Mm. And verse 7 says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Let me remind you what Romans 8 and 32 said. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? It, to me, I keep reading the same things. I feel like God's trying to tell us something that if we're children of God, if we're seeking after him and his purpose for his kingdom, that he's got things for us and he's going to shove us in the right direction. He's got a plan for our feet to walk on. He doesn't want you to go left or right. He wants you to stay straight on the narrow path and he's going to give you things to take you. You're going to have access to the kingdom. You're going to have resources beyond all recognition and God's going to allow you to use things for his glory and to glorify him. Amen? Amen. As a royal priest, you and I have been given authority. If his words live in us, we've been given authority, but more importantly, a great responsibility. And that is to live with the word inside of us. Our authority is related to our walk. Are we walking in purity? Are we walking in integrity? Are we walking in humility? Or are we walking with our nose up in the air because I'm better than you because I'm a Christian? Listen, I heard something the other night. It, it rocked my world. I had to share it with Cindy. This guy's talking on TikTok. And this, this man had his cell phone out and it went off. And the pastor yelled at him. Told him to turn that thing off. It was embarrassing. And then his wife yelled at him for the, for the whole day. And then after church was over, a few friends yelled at him. So on Sunday evening, he didn't come back to church. He went to the bar. And, and, and he was still trembling from the treatment that he got. And he dropped his, he dropped his beer. And the beer broke everywhere. And, and, he, and it said that the, the, the crowd that was over there and the, where the beer splashed on him, they, he thought they were coming to whip him. But instead, they came to check on him. And the, and the waitress said, oh, that's okay, sir. I'll get you another. Guess what? Because of the treatment of the Christians, because they stuck their nose up over something that was foolish, instead of just loving on the guy, he stayed at a bar instead of with Christ. We can't walk thinking that we're almighty because we are not. I'm the lowest of lowest. I came from the lowest. But God has redeemed me in a spirit of love 
and humility and purity, integrity. And that's what we got to walk with. Our priesthood duty is to walk with love. We're also called as royal priests to be an intercessor for one another. When someone's going through something, we rejoice with them. We also grieve with them. If you're going through something, let us know. As we continue to grow, you got to let us know because we miss people and we need your help knowing. Amen. As a priest, we should stay in constant heart of worship. As a priest, the spirit of worship is the way to advance the kingdom. It's the way to fight spiritual warfare. It's the way that God gets ushered in. That's why we open up with worship so that the spirit of God, the father and the son, they come and they manifest and they come in and they greet us and they, they're here they, they feel your love. They feel your song. They hear your heart. Yeah. The Old Testament priests offered sacrifice before going into the holies of holies. They worshiped before they went in and had communion with God. John in Revelations uh, chapter 1, 5, and 6, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the king of the earth, unto him that loved us, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You are Christ redeemed. You are loved. You are washed by the blood. Your sins are forgiven you. And Christ has made you a king. Ladies, if you don't like being called a king, he made you a queen and a priest for him, for the Father to bring glory and dominion to him forever and ever. We're to bear fruit. We're to worship the Lamb of God. We're to exalt God. We're to live being led by the Holy Spirit. We are royal priests. You're a holy nation in Exodus 3, 7 and 8. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. And for I know their sorrows. And when I read that, I think about my afflictions walking in the world and what my taskmasters were. Alcohol, drugs, foolish things, foolish conversations. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Thank you, Jesus. And to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey. You got to get beyond that salvation. You're going to get into that milk and honey, and then you got to get onto the word of life. You got to get onto the, the meat of life. That's Jesus Christ. You got to keep digging deeper so that we get fresh revelation every day of our life unto the place he, he took you and gave you a lane, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. I'm thankful that God delivered us. Amen. Out of whatever nation that you were running from, whatever nation that you were involved in, God called you, redeemed you, and delivered you, and I'm thankful for that. Amen? Listen, we've become a holy nation, but in being a holy nation, God wants obedient children, not disobedient children. 1 Peter 1, 14 and 6, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. That's where getting beyond your salvation. But as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, 
be holy for I am holy. Just as God called Israel, he called us to be holy. He called us to be separated from the worldly things. God warned the Israelites to stay clear of those people. Stay away from those other nations. Why? Because of their idol worship, because of their sex sins, because of their human sacrifice. God doesn't want his people to look like other nations. He wants other nations to look like his people. And the only way to do that is to separate yourself from that. Mm. John 17, Jesus prayed for us. He said, Father, don't take them out of the world, but sanctify them. I mean, cleanse us so that we can walk rightly. Meaning whenever we walk to somebody that's got an alcohol, hopefully we can share a testimony and say, hey, give me a beer. I'll drink with you. When we walk up to somebody that's going through a divorce, we can say, man, I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to pray and support you. He called us to be different from the world. He didn't separate us from the world. Just as he didn't separate the Israelites, but he said, stay clean of that stuff. I don't want you to go back into that. I don't even want you to acknowledge what they do. I don't want you to acknowledge the idols that they worship. I want you to stay clear of it. Malachi 1.11, for from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered unto my name, and pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, says the Lord of hosts. Who do you think he's going to send into those people? You and I, you and I, as a nation, as the church, God wants us to pull together, to spread the gospel, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ into all worlds. Listen, and, and Jesus is much bigger than Jewel City, but guess what? Jewel Cityites, you do a good job of coming together and reaching other nations. We come together and, and instantly Pastor Pierre from Haiti popped into my spirit. We took up a love offering. And not just, not just a love offering for one bus, but that love offering was so big that we, we helped support them get two buses, and now they're able to go out into the bush and bring people in that want to hear the word of God, right? Amen? That's, that's your love, Jewel Cityites. That's part of you being a, whole, a holy nation. We support the missionary in China, and I don't figure he's probably went back. I don't know. But we support a lot of people. At one time, we were able to bless 20 churches, Right? right? We're blessed because we bless others. Genesis 12 and 2 says, and I will make of thee a great nation. That's you and I. We're part of this great nation together, and I will bless and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And the only way all this happens is through obedience. And it's not obedience of one man, it's the obedience of the whole nation. That's where we get into our milk and honey. That's where we get into the land that's overflowing is by the obedience of loving on God. Amen. The holy nation in the book of Acts came together, right? The church came together unified. Tithes and offering, selling property. Why? To take care of the poor, to take care of the needy. That's exactly what we do. And I'm proud of each and every one of you. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. For him, for God, he chose you special unto himself above all people that were upon the face of the earth. Imagine that. 
Lynn, imagine this. Not only is your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, but your date right stamped beside of it. Your year. You know what year you were saved, Lynn? Anybody know the year that they were saved? April 6, 1967. 1967. Jim? April 66. April 66. Knows your name. Knows your date. That was a date that he planned for you to call you out of sin and into salvation. Deuteronomy 26 and 18. And the Lord hath avowed, which means appoint, declared, or challenged thee this day to be his peculiar people, as he has promised thee, and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments. You're so special to God. You're so valuable to God. Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That's special. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified sanctified thee. That's holy love. And I adorned thee, ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nation. God knows your name. He knows your heart. He knows your unique fingerprints that are upon you. He knows everything about you. And you are peculiar and you are special and you are ordained and you are loved and you are called and you are anointed and you are commissioned to spread the love of Christ into all this world. You're peculiar and peculiar people have to keep his commandments. He just told us that. Matthew 22, 37 and 39. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The commandments are instructing us to love unconditionally. Every choice we make, every thought we have, every word that we speak reveals how our heart reflects our love for God. It reveals our relationship, how deep and how intimate we are with him. He tells us in Matthew 5 and 44, Jesus But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You're peculiar because you're different from the world. You're not allowed to hate somebody. You're not allowed to get, you're allowed to get upset. But once they, once they wrong you, George, you got to forgive them. You're peculiar. You're different from the world. You're you're completely peculiar because everything that that he says is not how I was taught. You punch me, I'm going to knock you out. It's an eye for an eye. It's a tooth for a tooth. It's a kick in the shin for a kick in the shin. Listen, in eighth grade, I ain't bragging about it, but I had a girl slap me. Guess what I did? My mom told me if a girl slap you, you better slap her back because if not, I'm going to slap you whenever you get home. She was a much bigger girl than I, which made it even better. But I smacked her back. You know what I did? I went home and told my mom, you know what she said? Good, good job, son, because that's the way I was raised. But Jesus is telling me different. Jesus is telling me I should have forgave her, Vivian. I'm sorry that I slapped you. And I'm sorry you slapped me, right? <laughs> right? I mean, that's the way God is working. He's telling us you're peculiar. You gotta be, you gotta show yourself different. You gotta love differently. Whenever you blow up on your wife, you better go back and say, honey, I'm sorry for every mean word I spoke to you. I didn't mean it. And hopefully she forgives you because of your ignorance, right? Whenever you blow up on on your son or your daughter because they've rattled your cage for the last time, you better turn around and be peculiar and say, I'm sorry. 
you're out of line. There's times as a dad I've had to apologize because Jesus changed my heart. My dad ain't ever apologized for anything he did to me, right? Generation after generation, God slowly changes our hearts, but he wants to continue to change our hearts so that we manifest his presence and his kingdom and show everybody. He says, peculiar people keep my commands. This is not a suggestion either. First Peter 3 and 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What does that mean? It means read the word. It means love. It means asking for forgiveness, but that means put all of him inside of you. Sanctify your heart with God and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That's not a suggestion. Believe it or not, that's a command. Believe it or not, there's 1,050 commands in the New Testament that we actually take as suggestions because we're like, oh, we got to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we got to love our neighbor. But there are more commands than what we know. That was one of them. we got to be able to testify. Hey, why you love Jesus? Why are you so different to me? we got to be able to testify. we got to be able to share. God has asked much of us because he gave much for us. An innocent man who knew no sin took the sins of the world so that we could become God's chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, and peculiar people. We're peculiar because we believe in Christ Jesus, the Son of God, the very word that became flesh and dwelt among us, who died and rose again. That makes us peculiar because everybody else wants to believe in something they can see. We don't want to do that. We don't want to lose sight of who Jesus is. We confess our sins. We ask him to be the Lord of our lives, and that makes us peculiar. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 says, For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are not our own. We are God's. We belong to him through the precious blood of Christ. Your body and your spirit belongs to him. To finish off 1 Peter 2 and 9, he says, show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people. When we were dead in sins, dead in trespasses, but are now the people of God, which had not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Because you obtain mercy, you're able to give mercy. Amen. Listen, the praises It requires us to die to our flesh. There's many times that you might not be in the mood to sing a song unto God. But you got to die. you got to kill that flesh and say, man, I'm going to raise up a hallelujah. I'm going to raise up a shout. I'm going to raise up because I remember. you got to kill your pride. you You got to kill off the fear of whatever you're going through. And raise up a hallelujah and say, I love you, Father. I love you with all my heart. I'm so thankful for Jesus. And just start praising him and start getting a song up because your praise is a sacrifice. It's by him, it's to him, it's for him, and it's with him that we offer up our sacrifice of praise. Praise keeps our focus on him. It keeps our focus on our salvation, the giver of life. Do you remember what it felt like that day that he called you, that day that he knocked you? At your heart. Do you remember what it felt like? If not, I'd encourage you to examine your heart tonight. It was great when we received his mercy. And now he's just telling us, walk in obedience. Offer a sacrifice of praise. 
rest in his presence, and shine forth the light of Jesus. Listen, it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if the gospel's hid, it's hid to those that are lost. You're called, you're chosen, you're peculiar, you're a holy nation, you're a royal priest. So let your testimony, by your love, by your actions, speak loud. Be the best teacher you can be. Be the best grandparent you can be. Be the best librarian, plumber, whatever it is, that wherever God has placed you in the workforce, be the best that you can be and love other people and allow God to use you and allow to work through you because your testimony matters. Be the best husband, be the best wife, be the best father, be the best mother because too often the light will shine it to everybody else but usually not those that are in the household with us. So change that and become that peculiar person and let your spouse see you differently. Let your children see you differently. If you will, bow your head and close your eyes. I don't know anybody's heart here tonight, but I pray that this message has touched your heart. If you desire more of God, this altar is open for you. If you, if you want to just come and be thankful that he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, this altar's open for you. But is there one here tonight that has never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one cometh unto the Father but by me. Is there one here today that would say, I'd like to come to the Father there's only one way to do that, and it's asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 